When you think about Colorado, you think about Rocky Mountain High. You think about people being high. You think about being high in the altitude, high with your attitudes. But unfortunately for Rockies fans, not high in the standings. It's a rough couple of years for the Colorado Rockies. Is there hope on the horizon? Well, there's hope for this show. It means Paul Holden of Rock, Locked On Rockies. Not Rocked On Lockies. Holy cow. Do you want? Heck with it. Let's start the show. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Lockdown MLB, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. You don't believe me? Look at my lower third right there. You call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now and has finished four seasons here. With the Lockdown Podcast Network, it is your team every day. I'm going to say it as often as I can. You can please, please tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown MLB. You can follow us on Twitter. Remember Twitter? You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown MLB Pods. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram, and I have not figured out Mastodon. And I barely figured out this podcast, as you tell. That was actually my second attempt to start the show, and I said. Ah, do you know what? Just, just, just start it, Sully. Just start it. If you stub your toe, just start it. And it's almost appropriate that we're talking about a last place team today. You know, I'm going to try to do something on each one of the teams before the season begins. And, well, you know, the middle of December is uh, just as good a time as any to talk about the Colorado Rockies. And I'm Paul Francis Sullivan. But we need another Paul Francis in here. So let's bring in Paul. Francis Holden Woo! of Locked On Rockies, not Locked On Rockies or <laughs> Rocked On Lockies or whatever the hell I was saying. Well, I and you know that was take two. Mm-hmm. That was take two. I was going to be uh, one of the great Stanley Kubrick films took place in Colorado called The Shining. I was about to pull a Kubrick and do like take five, take six, take four hundred. I said, Nah, the heck with it. Paul Holden, you know he's got a life. So uh, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. You know, I uh, have gone from a wonderful baseball season into just a football fandom season that's gone on great. Everything is perfect with the Denver Broncos right now, just like everything is perfect with the Colorado Rockies. Um, just giving you an idea of my my lack of knowledge of football. Are, are the Broncos good this year? I don't no, know they're that. terrible. Right? Okay, they, did, okay. they did a huge. Here's Tell me if you heard this before, Sully. They made a big trade and it hasn't panned out. I wonder if that sounds familiar to uh, maybe a, a certain team we're talking about. But, um, you know, Sully, when it comes to this offseason with the Rockies, at least I, there's a lot of stuff that I am frustrated about and have questions about. But at least this season, there's at least some form of an identity that we kind of know. And the Rockies have a ton of really interesting and exciting prospects up on the horizon. But now it's a question of, are the Rockies going to go all in and trust these prospects to start are, with those guys? Or are they actually going to retool and build with this uh, outfield? And uh, here's Sully. I want you to just close your eyes and just picture this. 
Aaron Judge gets denounced to be the right fielder for the Colorado Rockies, how many home runs is he hitting? None, because that's not going to happen. But, but what, <laughs> you are in Colorado, and whatever you're smoking right now is obviously working. Um, <laughs> no, I, see, and here's here's let me let me counteract that for a second. You're always going to get players who could produce offensively in Colorado. That's almost like you know you're, you're spending money. Uh, you know, you're 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 trying to you're spending money to buy entertainment while at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. You know, you're already going to get offensive players. What you need to do is get the pitching staff to keep the runs below four. And you know, yeah, Judge in Colorado would be great. I hear the schools are great. Mike Hampton couldn't shut up about him. <laughs> but uh, by the way, I, as I say, I don't know enough about the Broncos to make any contribution, but. Trust Tim Tebow. I think they're gonna uh, they're gonna do well. I've not been following for a few years. I, I assume he's still the quarterback. Yeah, um, you know he's uh, <laughs> he's definitely still involved. Russell Wilson, the new quarterback there. But it's you're right, Sully. They they need to beef up the pitching. But you talk about offense, and this is a Rockies team that is underperformed in terms of offense. Uh, CJ Crone didn't uh, the most home runs for the Rockies, and he had like 29 or 30 for the Rockies, and he was the team leader in home yeah. runs not a lot of double digit home run hitters the, the the rockies were among at the bottom of the league for a long time of the season and leaving the yard and in today's game of baseball that's a huge part of generating offense that's and uh, they they just have not been no one was really with when chris bryant the limited time we did see the rockies actually did have a good offense the rockies started a pretty classic thing the season starts the rockies start pretty well they beat the dodgers in the first series chris bryant's looking good batting like 300 throughout the first good stretch of the season and then it all falls apart and then when you're looking at it before the rockies start going in and and and, and going to some of the prospects you're kind of sitting there and you're like CJ Crone can't be the only big bat in this lineup. He can't be the only power option the Rockies have because you're turning to Ryan McMahon, who isn't necessarily going to leave the yard all the time. Brendan Rodgers started the season historically bad and then turned into being uh, what I I think the Rockies' best overall player last year. Uh, But he's not necessarily counted on for power as much as just driving the ball and and being a solid overall hitter. Randall Gritchick hit the ball on the ground as much as Rymel Tapia did did when they made the trade for Rymel Tapia and Gritchick was supposed to be the guy that was going to strike out 150 times but he was at least going to leave the yard that was kind of the whole idea yeah so the Rockies offense is also in desperate need of a jump start but you mentioned the pitching historic I mean the Every single one of the Rockies pitchers last year, the starters regressed. They, uh, other than maybe Chad Cool, who came in and then had a good start and then was, you know, kind of wishy washy for the rest. It was a season to forget for Herman Marquez and yep. and Kyle Freeland as well. Kyle Freeland, I do a little grain of salt for last season because he was incredibly unlucky and was the victim of his team. The Rockies can't hit on the road right now. They can't win on the road, but it's compounded by the fact that they can't. It, it felt like if a team scored two runs against the Rockies and they, and the Rockies were on the road, that was enough that, that this team was just simply did not have the capabilities because as soon as they left Coors Field, any form of offense uh, wasn't enough. And they even were losing the shootout games at Coors Field where the Rockies usually thrive. And hey, if you if if seven runs are scored by the first four innings, you kind of have a feeling the Rockies are going to be the one that are going to outlast and win it. And that wasn't the case this year. So 
I, I think, yes, the, the pitching staff is is an absolute must fix. The Rockies actually have been kind of aggressive with a series of minor moves, nothing too big, but it is encouraging to see the Rockies actually being active already in the offseason. Again, not anything groundbreaking, not blockbusters, but they do make the first trade of the offseason. I believe they've added three new pitchers to the staff. They bring back Jose Arena, who wasn't bad, and in, in reality, like – He's not great either. He's 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 a fourth or fifth starter, and that's what he's going to be and what the Rockies need him to be. But nothing anything flashy, but at least there's activity, whereas in seasons past, we've been sitting here wondering if the Rockies will make a single move. What is – now, let's just wrap up um, 2022 in a little bit of a bow before we start thinking about their strategies moving forward. This obviously was a big – this was a lost year. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, there's no, there's no way to put a bow on this other than to just say it was a lost year with the pitching staff. I mean, listen, to, listen, to even what you were saying. Well, our offense was bad and our pitching was historically terrible. You know, <laughs> you know. Besides that, Mrs. Lincoln, how do you like to play? Uh, you know, it's a 94. It's amazing. It was a, the, the thing you could say is they're a 94 lost team, mm-hmm. not a hundred lost team. Um, but you know, Bud Black is still there, and he's still a really good baseball mind and. I think it's actually one of the things that will be best for this team is to have a little bit of stability there uh, at the uh, um, at the helm. Mm-hmm. But you know, it you it, what was it? Let's just be positive for a second. Um, I mean, from my point of view, I'm stunned that they didn't trade Daniel Bard at the trade deadline because uh, you know a, a closer with a sub two ERA and cores who's at the wrong end of 35 might be a, you know, a valuable trade ship, but maybe they just felt, well, let's, uh, you know, what do we, what do we gain by trading Daniel Bard? I mean, you were, were great. You know, why don't you just continue to just uh, do your best with him? And, you know, you're not going to get a blue chipper. You're not going to get an all time, you know, a real difference maker for Bard. So, you know, maybe it does make sense to keep him around, but, what was what was your biggest highlight of the year and the, the best feel good moment? Was it the start or was it something else? There's a, a bunch of small things we're encouraging about the Rockies. And you mentioned it right there. Daniel Bard has completely rewritten his legacy. He can now take away any sort of negative feeling or emotion that he had for when he had to step away from the game. And he's asserted himself. He was one of the best closers in baseball. At least you can look at the numbers and everything. Daniel Bard was a top five closer in Major League Baseball last year. He was right up there with some statistical categories with Edwin Diaz. He doesn't run out to trumpets or, you know, and not in a hundred win Mets team, but Daniel Bard was a huge part of the Rockies when, again, those close games, it was nice to know that the Rockies had someone who could come out of the bullpen and keep them in those close games. I mentioned Brendan Rodgers a little bit as well. He started the season awful. I mean, he and he was he's the big pro, one of the big prospects too. former uh, one of the, the basically one of the people the Rockies are looking to for the future. He starts off awful like sub 100 batting average over the first month of the season and this is your everyday second baseman for the Rockies and he, he turns it around completely and becomes an uh, one of the Rockies probably the best overall player with the Rockies last year he's a gold glove winner at second base consistent offensive performance and turns it I love when a player can completely turn something around and the trends are 
the start of the season was meant, but by the end of the season, he's in in the groove and see what happens as the full season kind of gets there. And I think Brendan Rodgers is going to be a player that really, really benefits from a normal offseason, no COVID, no lockout. He can he knows what he what worked and what didn't work last year. He's going to be a really great player. And uh, two other things, too. I really am excited. The Rockies said they threw in the towel even though they didn't trade anybody. One of the big disappointments, again, for now back-to-back seasons is the Rockies' inactivity at the trade deadline. Really doesn't make sense that C.J. Crone and Daniel Bard stayed on the team last year uh, just because teams would have loved C.J. Crone at that point. Before C.J. Crone fell off after the All-Star game, there wouldn't be what team wouldn't want a power slugging first baseman for their playoff push where you could have beefed up your bullpen. The Rockies don't have a single left-handed pitcher in their bullpen. They could have done a lot of stuff there, but they did to say we're getting our top prospects playing time from the Nolan Arenado trade. You did see this year. You saw a Montero and Ezekiel Tovar, the two big prospects who came over in that trade. Tovar most likely is going to be the Rockies starting shortstop next year after Jose Iglesias. I mean, he had a, nothing. Jose Iglesias was a wonder, a sneaky good sign for the Rockies last year. That could be another storyline you look at, but he's going to go help a team that can compete. And, and the Rockies got to see uh, great things from some of their prospects, Michael Tolia, Sean Bouchard, Tovar and, and Montero that something the Rockies haven't done is give their prospects playing time. And those four got consistent playing time at the end of the year. And then Sully, I don't know if you if folks might not have caught this if they weren't there. Uh, the Rockies did give a longtime AAA member, Winton Bernard, finally 10 years in yep. the minor leagues. He got his shot at the major league level for a bit. Yep. He might not be with the Rockies anymore, but he's still someone that can go bring value to a team like I wouldn't be surprised if Winton Bernard maybe gets a cup of coffee with someone or is at least with another organization. Uh, if you didn't see that story, it was really cool. That's the that's the nice part of baseball when the Rockies said, let's go, you get up here. And he, he actually performed all right. He didn't hit that all that good, but was fine. And and that was something where it it, it brought a real nice breath of fresh air into the season that, that desperately needed it because above all looming over everything is that Chris Bryant trade. Right. Or, or well, signing, I should say, not trade. Trade is the, still burned in my brain. The Winton Bernard moment was really uh, that we did a whole episode on that and why that just is everything great about baseball. And, you know, it's it's just a surefire bet that the Rockies will improve, at least improve their mindset when they start bringing some of these young players up and give them the playing time they need. And if you're going to make any bets, you go to bet online. Bet online remains your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to the World Cup and eSports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, and I'm guessing you do, you'll find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online. That's where the game starts. Yeah, the the Winton Bernard call up was if you know that was out of a uh, the rookie. You know that was just a, right. so heartwarming. And you know I think that baseball has to find more moments like that. I, I've said before, and I talked about it on that show that when I was a guest on a show once, and I'm repeating myself, those who remember that show, but it's worth repeating. I was a guest on a show uh, called Baseball PhD, which is a great podcast. I'm going to plug them. I'm on their show a lot, and, and Ed 
Ed Kasputis, who's the uh, wonderful host that has me on about once a month. Anyway, um, he asked me, what would you do? What would you say to someone who wants to start following baseball? How would you get them into the game? And I think he was expecting me to say something about, you know, this kind of great play or that kind of great play. And I said, find the story that you emotionally cling to. It's the reason why when we watch the Olympics or you watch the British baking show or whatever it is, you can get emotionally attached to someone and start cheering for them. You get emotionally attached to a team and start cheering for that team. That brings more eyeballs of more emotion than any sabermetric statistic, win, loss, or whatever. And if you can attach yourself emotionally to a club, like the Winton Bernard story, there are probably tons of Winton Bernard stories. We stubbed our toe on that one. It took a teammate to do a freaking uh, iPhone uh, video of it and posting it on you know Instagram for us to see that story. Baseball has to find those stories, and that's the thing that will build up the the fan base. I I personally believe. No, I I, I think that's a great point, and it's it's not just marketing the players. It's it's Baseball is so hard. I, I, I don't think, I mean, I, I think people get it, but some people still, when that aren't baseball fans, when uh, they, they, I still think they think I'm kind of a homer when I'm like, the hardest thing to do in sports is hit it a, a 95 to 100 mile an hour fastball. It, it, you just don't understand how hard it is. And then it's not like football, you go to college, and if you played a good enough college, you got a good shot in the draft, and if you're drafted high enough, you're in the league. You're playing, and it might not last long, but you made it to the league. Same with basketball has some development leagues, and so do hockey, but there's nothing like going through the grind of the minor leagues. If you're a Winton Bernard, Winton Bernard has been not only trying to be a professional baseball player, but also running a whole full other life because of the life that minor league ba- long life life lifers in the minor leagues have to live due to, you know, pay and all that stuff. He's worked his whole life around it and it all paid off for him for five days. It was five days, but it's the, but for him for, for five days, Winton Bernard was the talk of the Colorado Rockies. And yes, I mean, for a lot of people, that's who cares. It's the Rockies. They're irrelevant. It was a week in July or whenever it was, but for us, I mean, for fans, I mean, you, the broadcast, the fans, the signs, I mean, the, that matter, like you said, that's where the magic of baseball is because it ha- it takes those storylines to keep you engaged throughout the season. Why do Rockies fans care about Rockies baseball when they're thirty games out from from the division lead in July? Well, it's because Win Bernard just came up. <laughs> it might not be that big of a deal, but but it's awesome. That was, I mean, and there's so much awesome things to kind of celebrate about the game that that we don't often get a chance to do. And I think part of the, and I think what might hope hopefully help a little bit is this new balanced schedule, Sully. I can't tell you how excited I am for <laughs> playing the Dodgers and Giants considerably less as a Rockies fan, but I think that when we're talking about growing the game, I think this is the way to do it. Let fans see all of these players and experience these storylines. It's going to be nice for people to actually see, wait, who's on the Rockies now that Nolan Arenado isn't there? Like They can finally learn maybe these prospects with the good stories or just – Fall in love with the new team. I got a a guy from Minnesota who just decided to watch, start watching the Rockies last year because he had and he follows the show and he just because he was liked one of the players and now he's in. It's it's as simple as that. Yeah, and you're also seeing there there are reasons to follow a team beyond geographical reasons. Like you see, there's sometimes when you have 
uh, little leagues where they first of all, Major League Baseball should give little league uniforms. They should not be licensed. Little leagues should have to pay. Major League Baseball should be showing up with these uniforms and hats and furnishing every young kid with that. Because Mm -hmm. when you have the kid putting on, like when my kids play Little League, and one year they had licensed the Major League Baseball uniforms, so they were wearing Mets uniforms. And the kids walking around wearing the Mets and the Cardinals and the Dodgers and the A's and all these other teams, and they looked great. And when my kids saw the Mets on the TV, he said, oh, he looks like me. Fabulous. The next year, they didn't pay for the licensing and just said, you know, the Pasadena Little League on it. And I go, where, where, where are the uniforms? Oh, they, they priced us out. I said, you could not possibly be stupider mm-hmm. than to price out Little Leaguers. I mean, that, this is not an opinion. This is a fact. That's them saying, we don't want young fans. We yep. don't. If you put on the Little League uniform, that it's, wow, I look like a ball player. You turn on the TV. No, oh, I look like a ball player. They should be showing up with trucks of these and handing them out for free because you get a young generation walking around in their uniforms. Mm-hmm. You get that attachment to it. But one thing that also, I think baseball, more than any other sport, you do get attached to the players on that team because it's a day in and day out. You do get to know them. You do get to feel with them, which is one of the reasons why you have these teams that have constant revolving doors. It's sometimes harder to root for a team like that. Absolutely. You don't understand that element of these are our friends for the summer. Mm -hmm. We're going to spend the summer with this group. And yes, you're expecting a little bit of turnover here or there, but there's a core that you're always expected, you know, maybe not year in and year out, but these were, these are our friends for the year. Uh, my favorite baseball movie of all time, and I did a whole podcast on this, is Bull Durham. And one of the things I think Bull Durham did brilliantly is that it showed that, first of all, that baseball is a job. And baseball is, you know, you know uh, Susan Sarandon's character romanticizes it, but you also see it's a grind. It's a job. But it's also, is not about winning a title. If baseball fandom, like in that movie, the, the Bulls don't win the championship. In fact, the final game of the, the most sports movies end with a uh, a championship game. Bull Durham ended with a rainout. The last game of Bull Durham's a rainout. Mm-hmm. And but you got to know the character. You got to know the team. Most fan bases don't experience a World Series at the end of the year. So why would you follow a team year in, year out? Why would you follow a team for 162 games for for more than, you know, for a gigantic chunk of the year? Because you attach yourself emotionally to them. And you think about what Winton Bernard meant, that emotional grabbing that you can have there. That's where the pull of the team is. That's where the pull of this game is. It's there for you all summer. It's there if you need it. You don't, you don't expect anyone to watch all 162 games, but it's a lot of times it's Wednesday. I'm in a mood. I just need a game on. I just mm-hmm. need a game on. And those are your friends who are there. And baseball has to understand. They have to understand it's not always going to be about, you know, flashy stars. Or everything. It's about, hey, here's your friends for the summer. Get to know them. And if they win, great. But if they don't win, you got a friend for the summer. Yeah, I think that's a lot of Rockies fans have embodied that. And then we were kind of getting treated that the friends that we've gotten to know 
were building up into a team and then they decided to, you know, they moved out of the neighborhood. Kind of. I mean, you know, they didn't move the team, but they moved on. It was, they moved yeah. to a different school district, you know, so you didn't get your friends coming to the summer anymore. And now hopefully this new crop of players is going to give Rockies fans because that, that is the thing that's tough. I think it's, I think the pool of Rockies fans, real deal, die hard, can tell you the lot, tell you the starting nine is at one of its lowest points. I, I don't necessarily think the Rockies have given you a ton to cheer for over the past couple of seasons after being at what I would argue one of the highest points. I mean, we, the back-to-back playoff years and the and the and the what if could and the possibilities of what 2019 and then obviously the world kind of turned over not only the Rockies world but the whole world as well. Things changed there, but the possibilities of what could have happened in 2019 if that team wasn't didn't collapse in the in in the second half of the season. Uh, it, that's that's where those were the stories, and then now it's. Chris Bryan, it's these prospects. The Rockies have to, I think, reestablish a lot of that connection with their fans because there's, I don't think, a ton of people like me that want to spend, you know, if outside, if I wasn't even the host, I'd still catch 150 games. But I got to say, I am the rarest of the rare of Rockies fans. They're out there, but I, I think more people would just be more interested in doing other stuff in the summer or just other teams that are out there i mean it's it's evident by the fact that the rockies hardly ever really feel like they play a true home game especially when they're in the division i mean if the dodgers are in town if the giants are in town or the padres are in town it's it's almost i mean it's definitely dodger stadium west or or east uh you know when 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 la is in town so it's it's it is a matter of the, the sometimes it's not doesn't feel like you can develop that relationship with the way the, the the front office and the the people that run the team view the team as well because the business side is crushing it for them so so not you know not, not don't need to rock the boat too much uh, I think if in terms of them but uh, we'll see I think Chris Bryant coming back can be the first step that'll help get some fans reinterested in the team but if these prospects are all great then you got a whole new look rockies team that you can re kind of introduce and be like this is the new 2023 colorado rockies that uh you know have have a new look to them all right we're here with paul holden of lockdown rockies let's talk about veen let's talk about tovar let's talk about amador let's talk about some of the prospects that are coming up through the pipeline you know this is a team that needs they need a centerpiece bat to be their identity. And part of me thinks, especially a team like the Rockies, can be one of those teams that waits around for spring training when there's a glut of outfielder free agents and, and hitter free agents that they could say, hey, why don't you sign with the Rockies, you know, pad your stats a little bit, live in Denver for a year and, uh, you know, and reignite your career. J.D. Martinez being in, you know, putting him in the middle of course field as he's a free agent or maybe uh, a Yuli Guriel, someone like that. You don't sign those guys to a long-term deal, but maybe you say, Hey, you know, re- you know, reclaim your, your, your throne. Obviously pitchers are more reluctant to do that, but you have Veen, you have Tovar. Talk to us about some of the young players that you are most excited about calling cores their home. I'm really excited to see what we can see from from Ezekiel Tovar. He is the prospect to watch for the Rockies. We've gotten a good glimpse of what Montero can be. Aloris Montero, third base, first baseman, going to probably play first base, uh, first base a little bit. 
they're those two are going to be the ones to watch not only how they got there but they got some really interesting montero's got some great power potential and was really barreling up some nice home runs at the end of the season when he was playing pretty consistently for the rockies but uh tovar like i said if he's the starting shortstop that's going to be pretty awesome to watch for the rockies it's going to be a young guy getting a what is a historically very important position uh for the colorado rockies i mean it's too low it's story and you know Iglesias filled in Iglesias has a long history too and was there and now it's going to be Tovar the Rockies look to be Tovar as the next shortstop and this next uh high level player this uh, high profile player uh you know of that too low caliber a name you might not have heard of is Sean Bouchard he is an outfielder prospect for the Rockies who had a really good appearance at the plate and was sneaky good for the Rockies uh Michael Tolia is up with the team the Rockies have gotten Todd Helton reinvested and reworking with this club specifically with that prospect um they believe Michael Tolia is the next Todd Helton and for Rockies fans that's you know, about as high of praise you can give uh, outside of calling an outfielder the next Larry Walker. Um, but by the way, Todd Helton for Hall of Fame, I think it's a no doubter. We can do that podcast another day. But um, those are the ones to watch. And then Veen, I think Veen isn't going to start the season with the Rockies. I think he'll play right. in the spring. I think uh, Veen will come later in the year. And if the Rockies are struggling and Veen continues to 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 shred, he will be with the Rockies sooner rather than later. But uh, Sully, you were well, mentioning Veen is Veen is really young though, right? Yes, he's, he's very young. That's yeah, I mean, he's I just right out of high school. Yeah, he's he's. I don't. Yeah, I think he's played like a two, three seasons, maybe in the minors. I don't. I, I don't think any more than that. And yeah, like you said, he's young. And the Rockies have outfielders at the moment, so they don't need to bring Veen up right away, especially when they're using the outfield to get playing time for Sean Bouchard and Michael Tolia, two prospects you're already trying to figure out where to where to uh, you know fit them into the equation. So you mentioned about bringing in a good bat for the outfield. I really think the piece of the puzzle that makes the most sense for the Rockies is to go after Cody Bellinger. I think the Rockies bring Cody Bellinger in for a year. That frees you up to go and you can say, hey, guess what, teams? We can trade you a Jonathan Daza and a CJ Crone because you can have Montero play your first base. And teams, I've been saying this a lot on a couple of my crossovers, thinking about the go down to Miami, Hey, say Miami, you want a pretty good, you want an outfielder and a first baseman that, that are pretty good on offense. Get us a couple of pitchers there. Get a couple of left-handed pitchers there. I think that's uh, that's how you how you uh, kind of clear some space up. Okay, and then this is, of course, always going to be the question for the Rocks. Any pitchers coming up? That, that nope. may be <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, okay. I, I, I think that the, there's really nothing in terms of pitching prospects to sit there and say. Yes, this is it. There's really, to my knowledge, there might be at the lower, lower levels, but no one coming up. All of the all of the relief bullpen options the Rockies looked at last year, they have been giving some people in their system shots. Um, haven't really panned out. Tyler Kinley is a former pro. Uh, he has dealt with some injuries this year uh, and is going to be sidelined for a good chunk of the year, but uh, is someone to to also watch. But mm, I can't I can't sit there and say there's any exciting pitching prospects for the Rockies. Well, look, at it's always an exciting prospect to know that when we want to talk rocks, all I got to do is say, Paul Holden, what time and when? 
Uh, absolutely, Sully. Appreciate it as always. Thank you so much uh, for for having me on the show. If people want to stay up to date with the Rocks, they can find us Locked On Rockies, LO Rockies on Twitter. I'm at Paul Holden 33, and we're on YouTube as well. Uh, so uh, come come hang out. Where Rockies got a lot of fun stuff, and we have a, a fun time on the pod as well. Well, thanks for making Locked On MLB your first listen for today. Uh, for the second lesson, obviously have it be Locked On Rockies. But for the third lesson, check in on Locked On Sports Today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insight only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, it's available on this app. It's available on the YouTubes or wherever you get your podcasts. Talking Colorado Rockies and understanding what really drives us to a team. It's not always winning championships. Otherwise, what the hell would Paul Holden be doing? (laughs) This has been Locked On MLB. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.